Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, I'm this little person. This, this is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Wednesday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the Militia live on X Spaces, sometimes, maybe, always, kind of. The Orange grind out a 84-71 win over Virginia Tech after a slight lapse in second-half defense, if you ask me. Uh, You'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you in fan feedback. I mean, all in all, look, Syracuse did what the coach says, you know, this is probably their best, their most put-together game of two halves. I would have to agree overall with that. Absolutely. Right, Joe? I mean, look, they won pretty much, first of all, both teams, I mean, not that, uh, not that Virginia Tech had many opportunities, but 12 for 12 from the line for, for Syracuse. Um, 18 points off of turnovers. We won the rebound battle. Um, points in the paint, 54 to 50. I mean, the game was, was, was played in the paint for the most part. And 11 fast break points for Syracuse. Um, you win all the major categories like that. Field goal percentage, 57% to 49. I mean, pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. They only hit four threes, and, and if I remember right, right now they are, you know, I think it was, what did I say, one in five or one in four when they hit four or less threes in the win column. So, yeah. you know, kind of trying to even out that a little bit. And they're on a three-game win streak, albeit two of those games at home. But going on the road for the last two, Clemson's going to be tough, but a Louisville team that we did beat already at home. And, um, you know, a good opportunity, I think, to, to if you can win this next game, you get your 20 wins. And that used to be a number we shot for. Whether it means anything or not these days, Joe, it doesn't really matter because <laughs> it means something to us. Right? I mean, 20 wins is a, is a good number to hit. And they're already at more <laughs> wins now than they were since the 18-19 season. And, right. you know, we've got, we, you know, we, we're, we're, and paid you to mints. Like if if NIL could do anything positive for Syracuse, it's it's to keep Judah Mintz here. I think I feel like that would be a very uh, good idea to go ahead and pay Judah some NIL money to make it worth his while uh, to get another year under his belt and not settle on G League or European ball. You know what I'm saying? Because before yeah. that money's there, and you could go there and make that money instantly and try to work your way up. But I feel like today in the NIL age and where it's at with the collectives and what we've got with Orange United, 
I mean, I just feel like if there's not a if there's not a, a discussion being had about that amongst the people that divvy this stuff out, then you're crazy, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and if he, I truly believe that if he knew that he was going to the NBA, then he probably would have walked last night, right? I mean, Hema walked. True. He was the only one. Yeah. Um, he spoke after the game, you know, and he was when he was talking, he was in there saying, you know. You know, we had to go out there and in the last game at home and, you know, win for the fans, win for the, the players, you know, the couple guys where this is going to be their last time on, uh, you know, in the dome, you know, and it didn't make it sound like he was talking about himself, but obviously he's not going to, you know, just tell, tell all right then and there. So, um, he was very, uh, strategic about his answer, uh, his, his answers. Right. Um, but I think that honestly, I mean, it's not just mints at this point. It's not. Right? It's not. But I'm just saying, he, he 29 points because last the way night, the Syracuse fans amazing. go and everything. I mean, I'm sure that there's a really good team out there that would love to have you know a 45, 40 percent three point shooter just come off the bench and hit threes like a Chris Bell. Yeah. I think that you look at a Quadir Copeland and a Malik Brown being only sophomores and seeing their jump from freshman to sophomores. I mean, I think those two guys are are, are guys that any big name team would, would want to come in and take as well. So, um, you know, it's not just Judah, uh, you know, and as far as the game goes, you know, it was, it was a clean game. Uh, there was a lot of assists with 18 assists. Uh, I liked, I, I mean, I was surprised that they out rebounded, um, Virginia tech that seven turnovers, you know, and you, and you spoke to just four, um, four threes four threes isn't bad if you're only shooting 13 of them right i mean it kind of just True. depends on how many you shoot i now, mean if it was four or 25 like georgia tech then that's a different story i mean i think that we shot um what 57 percent from twos so i mean well, there's really 104 points scored in the paint last night that's where the that's where the game was had and i mean syracuse was having a field day with it um, yeah both teams did a good job geo warned us about kid and yeah, you know, I, th- I mean, yeah. his 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 play speaks for itself. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Go on. Sorry. And I think I and, I, and I think our, and I think our guards really, you know, um, you know, we spoke to Gio about the matchups of the guards and if they had, you know, the guards to be able to stop a, a Judah Mitz and a JJ Starling if you know they're having a good day and. You know, I think we got our answer. I don't think, you know, I think Padula struggled to guard some of those guys. Um, I think Couture, you know, he he played tough. Uh, probably would have liked to, admit, to, you know, make a couple more threes. Um, but, I mean, other than that, yeah. I mean, I liked the different. I mean, almost it looked like we knew what we were doing. You can tell as the season goes on that they're getting better at figuring out how to play offense with each other. And now you actually see, uh, you know, and coach, coach spoke of it, but, like, you actually see Malik Brown being a big part of that offense now so um and kyle cuff coming in and really giving some good minutes so um overall you know good game um i was happy with the outcome and for a second there it looked like in the second half it was going to turn into the last couple games but you know coach called the timely timeout they came out and they changed uh, it was totally different after that timeout (laughs) way uh, more energetic it took control of the game yeah and ended up winning by 13 so um i'm happy yeah cuff with the three thought that was great um, you know, not for, for a guy we haven't seen a lot of, there was uh two weeks where we didn't see him at all, you know, on the floor and mm-hmm. for him to coach coach says, you know, he's one of those guys that just, um, you know, he's mentioned specifically by name, Judah, Kyle and, um, Justin by name as guys who just, um, they, 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 they don't give up. They don't get down. They come back 
strong and um, they have no quit. And I'm sure there's other names he can add to that list. I, I mean, we've watched this team. We've watched them look pretty bad. We've watched them look really good. But all in all, you know, you've got um, you've got a good you got a bunch of guys on this team that all fit that mold. I mean, this team the team's gonna win. The yeah, team's gonna win. But that's where you get the inconsistency too. Is exactly. The fact that they're still sophomores. They're right. still trying to to um, kind of manage those emotions because they we had a lot of emotional players too that if they're not getting a call or something's not going their way sometimes they can get in your head their head and then you know bad offenses led to bad defense and lulls in, in play um and i think again that's another thing that i think we're seeing as the season goes on um is them obviously getting better but them actually all you know maturing i think that judah's matured a lot i think that he doesn't you know chirp as much and he kind of keeps his emotions straight you know and he hasn't slapped anybody this year so that's there i mean it's a step in the right direction right so <laughs> yeah. i mean like that's i'm just saying you know you know there was questions about leadership that's that's one question you know um but as far as maturity and, and handling their emotions it's something they're getting better at as well Next play, on the next play. Yeah, I think that you know if it's if it's me, my team or, or or the opposing team's players lobbying the refs when they feel like um, they're trying to make a case for themselves. I think that's the coach's job. I'm seeing a lot of that this year, just across the board. Just a lot. I mean, it seems like it's a little bit much this year, and I don't I don't like it when my team does it. I don't like it when anybody else's team does it. I don't feel like you should be able to lobby the refs like that throughout the game. And by right. the way, you know, you're doing it when you're supposed to be back on getting back on defense. That's just a poor decision. You know what I'm saying? So I agree. Um, and you know what, though? In the past, the refs have done a better job at stopping that. that. Well, yeah. Yeah. Call tease. Yeah. Hey, look, man. Go, just you go I'm play. Not, I'm not handling this. You know, they, have, they you engage know, them. used to be. They, well, I mean, it, there used to be a day, and it probably happens, but I don't know how how disciplined it is now. But the referees go to the locker room and they have a conversation with the team about, you know, this is kind of how we do, and this is what we're not going to put up with, and da 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 da, and, and have a good game. And so you go into those games most of the time with already having a conversation with those refs, kind of knowing what to expect from them and what they're going to call and not call. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So. Um, and as far as that, that's definitely been something that's been taken care of. You know, you could easily go in the locker room and say, hey, look, like, I don't want to hear it. If the coach wants to talk to me about a call, that's one thing. I don't want to hear it from the kid. If I hear it from you, then you're going to get teed up. And, you know, that would stop it. it Maybe would. not initially, but if they hold up to their bargain and they tee these kids up, then they're not going to do it, right? Do you think a million-dollar fine for court storming is a bit much, or are you okay with that? <laughs> Boy, that escalated quickly. Holy cow. Straight, straight <laughs> to a million, huh? Like, I, I mean, I know that some standing or like some conferences have already, I already have fines, you know, but like a million? A million, though? That's a bit ridiculous. I mean, that was uh, that was Seth Greenberg, but I'm just saying, you know, that was his his fix to it all. But Oh, is that the fix? To yeah. control all the fans and all the students, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, it's going to yeah. cost a million dollars throughout the season to get security to stop it. No kidding. I like what Gio said. I like what Gio said in the preview about how Virginia Tech handles it. And um, you go back and watch the old the old field storming from the Clemson game, and having to get down on that wall. You know, it's kind of what Gio's talking about. You know, with the wall that they got there. Um, there's a way to do it. 
I'm not even sure why I went down this road, but there's a way to do it without fining people a million dollars. And I don't know if it was the conference. I just called the tail end of it, but it was either the conference or the or the the team. I think it I think it might have been the conference. But anyway, um, with that said, quick conversation about the net. So uh, Syracuse moves up uh, three spots uh, in the net from 85 to 82. It's a quad one or a quad two win, right? So. Um, two and seven in quad one, four and one in quad two, eight and two in quad three, and four and zero in quad four. They've only even played four quad four games, which is this is looks like to me. This looks like a solid resume. Okay, yeah. but to your point, Joe, um, Brad Brunell's chirping. Uh, Scott Van Pelt addressed it. Noon's magician has a tweet about it. Um, Joe sent it to me, so I don't know if you posted that, reposted that from our sites, Joe, but um, probably not. Probably not, because Joe doesn't know how to do that. Joe can barely text, by the way. Joe and I just had an argument before we came on here about how can you not, how do you not know how to text? And um, that was me asking Joe because he doesn't know how to text. I mean, and it's okay, I guess, but, um, you know, it's the simple things, Joe. I mean, it's not that hard. Like, texting is pretty basic. I mean, you know, my kids have been doing it since they were 10. Um, so anyways, Joe, I digress back to the oh, next stuff. No, but you were doing it when they were 10. So, <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, so anyway, Scott Van Pelt, he, he, you know, had, a you know, he gave his opinion, but, um, basically said that he, he was, he was kind of taking a jab at the ACC or maybe uh, Brownell and, to some extent about how people manipulate the net by scheduling these non-conference games against maybe a cushier teams in better conferences and all this stuff, right? Because, you know, if you get that under your belt and then come and then come the and it does it. He didn't address the where you start thing, but the where you start thing absolutely has something to do with it. And yeah. I, I don't want to beat a dead horse with this, but I mean, it's just ironic because we've talked about it so much and now um he brings up the point that you're bringing up about how you can kind of manipulate the system through scheduling these kind of cushy teams and better conference or what they consider to be great conferences who aren't going to move down too much in the net because they're all playing one another while you're going in when you go to play conference games mm-hmm. you know it's you know you could almost equal it out and be really competitive with that but if everybody starts doing that there's still a number system you're not going to be tied so i mean it, there's got to be a better way to do it. But to his point, Joe, I mean, what should Syracuse do next year? You know, like Noon says, time to schedule uh, Lemoyne, Maris, Siena, Binghamton, Buffalo, Canisius, Iona, Shooty. Manhattan. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you pad your schedule with some BS or what? I mean, it was always the opposite. <laughs> and and you know what I'm saying? It was always the opposite when you go off of RPI and all these other things. And and now it's now it's just... Play cush teams. Play cush teams and move up as quick as you can before conference play starts. Yep. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, and that's the one thing is, and I don't remember where we started in the net to begin with. And I, I wish that we either. had wrote it down. It was, it was in the 90s, though. Or no, it was 100 and something. Right. Yeah. I think it was. It something was. Something like that, right? Yeah. But, I mean, realistically, when you look at the last, what, four games? I mean, yeah. What, we're on a three-game winning streak? We're on a three-game winning streak, yes. So five games. Last five games, what, we're 4-1? and one? Um, Beat North we, Carolina? Right, right. But yeah, we're 4-1 and one, loss against Georgia Tech. Lost against Georgia Tech, but we... 
beat North Carolina, which is a quad one game. We beat NC State at NC State, which is a quad one game for about two hours. Two seconds, yeah. For the final um, buzzer, but, yeah. But on yeah, but on you know on the road. Um, I mean, I just in where we only moved up in Virginia Tech's ranked higher than us. You know, I mean, we, realistically, three out of these four wins were actually pretty good wins, and we moved from ninety one because we were ninety one before we played North Carolina. We moved from ninety one to eighty two, so we moved up nine spots in a five game stretch where we were four and one, and we've beaten some pretty good schools. Yeah, and Virginia Tech in the loss last night moved down four spots. We went up three; they moved down four. Uh, they went from 56 to 60. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's obviously going to be something, hopefully, with this getting all of the attention that it's getting, then the committee actually puts this into perspective as well. Because, you know, just like I talked to you about last time, you know, you should be able, you should look at the quad one, and I think that you should look at the quad four, right? And quad one's going to tell you if you've had a really good win. Or, you know, a great win or, you know, whatever. Um, and then quad four is going to tell you pretty much how crappy your non-conference schedule was. Because if you're in a power five, power oh. six conference, right? I mean, you know, you don't have a quad four team in your conference, right? Usually the, the, none of those teams are that bad to where they're a quad four. Um, so if you look at the quad four um, records, that pretty much tells you like how good your non-conference was, and you know just going back to the Big Twelve and how I told you, you know that they have what two, four, six, eight, ten teams in the top forty-five in the net, and if you take away Baylor and Kansas, all of those teams had really, really bad um, non-conference schedules. They rack up the 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 wins. They don't fall because even if you play, you, you beat somebody, you know, you're not, you know, going, you're not going to fall anywhere. But then when you look at their quad fours, um, Houston, they're 25 and three, they're a legit team, but you know, they still, they went seven and oh in, in yeah. quad four. Yep. I, Iowa state nine and oh BYU nine wins, Texas, nine wins, TCU, eight wins, Oklahoma, eight wins, Texas tech, nine, Cincinnati, nine. Like, I mean, some of these teams, St. They Mary's got of California is 15th in the net. They got, they're 11 and oh in, in yeah. quad four wins. When you're you talking think- about some of these teams, they got <laughs> they got more than half their wins or around half their wins from quad four non conference games. Yeah. It's- and then you go into this and then you go into your conference and everybody's good, so it all looks like it's a really good team. Well, here you go. Let's 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 take a look at this real quick and head over to Twitter just super fast. Um so the day after Syracuse moves up three spots, eighty five to eighty two after beating number sixty Virginia Tech. This is all net numbers. Virginia moves up four spots, 38 to 34, after beating number 205, Georgetown. Many other examples. Just one that stands out. It's nonsense. I quit. Play the game. Watch the game. Keep winning. I mean, that's that's on Twitter, at David Super, if I didn't give him his due. Um, and you look at that, and you're like, well, it's, it's, it's just, it's, the math doesn't add up there. It's like, how? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it, none it, of it does. It and, and, you know, that's the thing is, is you have – and I don't think Scott Van Pelt was, like, trying to poo-poo the ACC I don't, but he as, says at the end, though, he's like, well, you want to you wanna get up there in the net ACC? Do it like this. Well, I think that's, that's what it is. Yes, I think basically what he's saying is, is there's okay, I mean, this, this conference has looked, like, looked at as, like, the best conference in, in the country, and there's a lot of people that think that because of, you know, their ranking and their net rankings and how many teams are there's, you know, supposed to be making the tournament. But – 
I just think that that's one of the things. Like, if, like why you why are you crying about it? If you know that this is the case, you know, and you think that you you've been wronged in the last year because of it, and and that that's the case, then you do it. Is basically what it is. You know, if somebody else found a workaround in that type of situation, and you want to put yourself in the same situation as them, then use the same workaround. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the whole. I mean, there's a, there's plenty of examples, but if you don't try to don't try to play this game where you're above it because your morals are are held to a higher standard than the next. Because you want to either you got to either get down in the mud and play the game, or you're going to get smoked. Same thing that we talked about in With, the NIL in Syracuse, yeah, right? I mean, that's it's exactly. Just, and and that's really the thing is is I guess my thing is is consistency over the years because I remember a year when we didn't make the tournament because you know I remember I think we won twenty or twenty one games and if you beat Georgetown in the, in the Big East tournament if you win that game then you're in you should be in and then we didn't get in because the committee came back and said that we didn't play a strong enough non conference schedule that's what I'm saying before the net it always came down to non conference how strong is your non conference right. And that was my rant, you know, a couple of weeks ago about how non-conference shouldn't even really. I mean, you shouldn't have a ranking until after the non-conference. Yeah, maybe it shouldn't count. Start period. after that, or maybe yeah, maybe reset it. If if you do start it, reset it. I just don't think that you should start it to begin with. Because from the beginning, it's, it's all, all bullshit. Just, I mean, let's think. Let's think about it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe back in the day, it was a little bit easier. They got a little bit better, closer, whatever. Because if a transfer transferred, they had to sit out, right? If you know, most of the people you were getting were young freshmen. And if you had like Syracuse bringing in all these sophomores, you know, to to what Brian Higgins point, I believe, is if you look at this team in the past and you're like, oh, wow, you have all these sophomores and they're all coming back. You guys are going to be awesome because all these people are going to lose seniors. Well, now the day of the transfer portal, how can you how can anybody even come close to accurately predicting 300 and how many teams in a net with all the movement and all the people that go from one to another, you don't know which team's going to be good. A team can be completely different from one from one year to the next. Now, with basically free agency, three sixty two. So, at the end of the day, what's the point? I mean, let them play their non conference and then rank them based upon that, based upon strength. You know what you think their strength. I mean, I guess there's got to be a baseline. But again, if you suck at that baseline, just like a, an estimate for a job, right? That damn baseline's wrong, then you're gonna lose damn money. Like I just I don't Yeah, that or you're not gonna get the job. Right. So I, I just don't they they gotta come up with something better because like I said, to me this is just way too much open for interpretation and you can find a reason basically to keep any bubble team out and put another one in. And um obviously it leaves, you know, gaps for politics involved. Like it leaves gaps for speculation too, and two guys who just do this for fun to sit here and who have a, yeah. de- who have a decent reach, just sit here and, and um, go through all the scenarios. Right. Um, so anyway, David always, always on top of it. That's a great point. And um, I don't retweet too many fan feedback comments, but that one's worth it. Um, all right, let's continue here with Twitter a little bit, Joe, if you want to pull up uh, Facebook, you can. Uh, at OLQ's great win. Mints looked unstoppable. This game is just another example of why the net rankings are a crock of poo. I mean, yeah. I had a lot of faith in these net rankings, too. And um, yeah. it's just Didn't, one of those things. Boy, right? did we get duped. 
you know, but we, if you go back to those shows when this first started, I am almost positive we said, well, it's the NCAA, they'll screw it up somehow. Right. We had that conversation, I'm sure. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure we did. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, Captain Patrick, um, he, he shot me a text last night. Uh, he bought a bought a Carmelo a signed Carmelo Anthony Syracuse jersey at a silent auction at a church, which is exactly where he needs to be is at a church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, at Crimson Fury 006, uh, one win away from a 20 win season to increase our hopes of an NCAA tournament bid again with the 20. I love it. I do. I don't know how much it means anymore, but it's still a good number. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? Um, let's see here. At TPK2024. Mint's best game of the season, under control and dominant. Kudos to Autry for what he has done to date in his first year. I don't think Adrian Autry gets enough credit from fans that we've seen on our feed for what he has done this year. Switching up yep. the defense, putting it on his head basically, and um, being able to being able to um, light a fire under the, some of these guys' asses, okay? Um, way more effort out there on the floor. I just feel like that is, that is um, something that it, visually for me, I see a difference in. Yeah. You know, and... Um, not only that, well, but what? It's just human nature, right? A I, mean, I think bit. that's just really what it is. Like, as, especially as I go on, like, as as the season's gone along more, I remember we used to, you know, stick up for Bayheim. He deserves to this. He deserves to that. And there's a lot of people that said, you know, he's running this program into the ground. He's this. He's that. Um, and it, it's not like a, just a slight toward him, but I think that you know he did affect recruiting a little while and everything, but also. It's just like at your job, right? If you get that promotion to be, you know, some type of manager or some type of, you know, something, right? You're going to be excited in the beginning. You're going to want to prove your worth. You're going to want to climb that ladder, get to, you know, your top tier of of that position. And after 40 years and you've made it to where you're going to be and you're doing the same thing, I think that that passion just eventually kind of goes away. You don't put in as much effort. Yeah. You don't have any. You don't have as much effort. to prove. You've right. already proven yourself. Um, and I believe that these bench coaches in Autry, I think that they were doing a lot more of the coaching and practice and stuff like that than we ever really thought. At the at the end of Beheim's well, tenure. they were there. So, so do they hold some accountability for the things that have happened in the past couple of years? I mean, maybe you can make an argument there. But I'll say this too: past few years, we've looked. And we've said, okay, this is how Syracuse started the season. We see the issues. We see the things that need to be fixed. Now, granted, the team is still an inconsistent team. Okay, we're dealing with that, right? I mean, um, who knows what happens in Louisville? Louisville's a scrub team. Okay, we're going to go to Louisville. I expect a good game because because that's – It was a good game at home. I know, I know. I know. So I'm just saying that, you know, it, it's been the tale of the season for us. But with that said, you can't tell me – like the past few games that this team is not better than they were when we were at the Maui Invitational. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We haven't seen players. a team we haven't seen with less players and, and people playing out of position. And we haven't seen that progression. I don't think in a couple of years, 
Like the the teams that we've had the past few years have been have been what they were. Uh, you know, a little up and down like they are now, but all in all, at the end of the year, not a whole lot of difference. Like we're seeing, we're seeing. I mean, Quadir Copeland has grown a ton. You mentioned Malik Brown earlier, grown a ton. Um, you know, just J- Judah Mintz, grown a ton. You know, we I think can look at this team as a whole and say, you know what, they've got, they've definitely gotten better this year. Whereas the past few years, we just haven't been able to say that. And that, I think that to this last. Um, this last um, tweet, you know, and fan feedback is kudos to Autry for what he's done this first year. I don't think he gets enough credit sometimes when we talk about this because you've still got people in the comments still complaining about, you know, bo- almost blowing a lead again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what defensive I'm saying? lapses. Yeah. And, and, you know, I tweeted about a defensive lapse. You know, it was apparent the timeout was called. They came back. It was like the first half team. You know, and they came back and they pulled away and everything was fine, right? We all we didn't have right. to sit through a nail biter or anything, but it got damn close. Um, Jesse on Facebook. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> he tweeted a. Uh, or well, you don't tweet on Facebook. Yeah, you don't tweet. See, this is I just I'm not good at this. Um, no, he put a picture up on uh, Facebook and it was a picture of a bet. Yeah, I guess he bet the Kentucky money line, the Syracuse money line, and uh, Chris Bell over seven and a half points. And so he, he lost his bet, and uh, his comment was, could Chris Bell really not score one more point? Where's the consistency? And then he said, good win, though. Could be the best backcourt in the country. I mean, I don't know about the country, but it's good. Could be one of the best ones in the ACC. Virginia Tech's backcourt's impressive. You know, they just were held in check yesterday. You mentioned that earlier. I mean, defensively, Syracuse really held those guys in check, and they're pretty they're pretty crafty. That's why. If you if I think if you extend that to a top the top three guards in the country, because there's just there's a lot of teams that play. You know, guards are a little bit bigger now, and a lot of teams play three guards. Yeah, Um, they do. And I just. And when they got that that lineup of JJ and and Judah with Quadir and, and Malik, and then if Chris is, is hitting, that is that is not a, a lineup that you want to see most nights. Yeah, I would agree. Well, as far as an opponent, I well, we, see um, it, well but. <laughs> you know, we we understand what you're saying, Joe. You don't have to explain that. Um, I'm sorry. Sometimes I gotta explain some stuff to you. No, Joe. No, no. Uh, <laughs> at I don't know, guys. I don't know. FB FB Orangeman, twenty win season on the horizon. Oh, is this the same? Oh, it's not the same comment. Twenty win season. Twenty win season on the horizon in Red's first year at the helm led nearly the entire game. Another big win since Benny's departure. I mean, that's a good point, Joe. You just mentioned it. We're short on guys, and we're still winning games, and we're winning games that are that matter. I think the Virginia Tech game mattered. I think you lose that game, you really start to talk about well. They're going to have no. to really show up in the in the ACC tournament to even have a snowball's chance in hell. And now here we are with a chance for a a, 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 a road win. I mean, I think this Louisville game is a must win, and they got to show up against Clemson. And then they get we got to see where we get seated. I think I saw today if we get seated right now in the ACC tournament, we're going to play. Yeah, you know, we did move up to sixth in the in, in the ACC. Um, I think we would play Virginia. And we all know what happened against um, Virginia the first time we played them. But Virginia, I don't know if Virginia's 
has gotten much better. You talk about teams getting better. I don't know if Virginia's a team that you can sit here and give an honest opinion and say they've gotten better. No, I'd like to give the, I'd like to get another shot at Virginia with the way that we're playing now. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that's yeah, for sure. Because I don't think I don't even know if they've gotten any better. I'd but, rather see Virginia than Wake Forest. Oh well hell yeah. I mean that goes without saying, right? I mean Wake Forest, um on a tear. Beating Duke and knocking over poor Kyle Tripopowski. Although Wake Forest lost last night to Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's a scrub team. Yeah. And Clemson beat Pittsburgh and Florida State beat NC State. So wow. Yeah, well we needed we needed um Florida State and NC State to lose. So um, Florida State beat NC State. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But we needed NC State to lose regardless. But um ten and eight, Syracuse sitting in the in the ACC and with Pitt a game behind, but uh the tiebreaker goes to Syracuse. And um yeah, the rest in front of us, they're all tournament teams, in my opinion. Yep. Wake Forest, Clemson, Virginia, Duke and Carolina. Mm-hmm. So um Big win last night, and they and they can't lose against a Louisville who's thirteen and three in the conference right now. So, yeah. um, well, Duke's 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 got Louisville at home tonight. So, okay, that's going to be fun. Because Duke's going to does gonna be, does Kyle Filipowski play? Because there's speculation. Well, he might not play. He's injured. I don't know. They might not. I think it's a, they it's might a make a game, show so out I of think, it, huh? I think it's a home. It's a home game, and there's no, there's no, um, there's no risk of a of the court storming. So I think he's going to play. Okay, okay. Well, he might not play because it's Louisville, and maybe they want to. They maybe they want the optics. No, either way, I think uh, Louisville's kind of in for it. Which I don't know what that says for us. Hopefully, they get a good game. I, you know, you got to imagine. I don't that, want. Uh, I don't want to go play them. This week on Saturday, after they get their ass kicked by Duke by thirty points, so. Well, guess what? It's <coughs> <laughs> probably what's going to happen. So, Brian, Brian from Facebook, from Facebook, from Facebook, <laughs> Brown leading the ACC in steals is a very undertold story. Yeah, they mentioned it last night in the broadcast. I mean, we've talked about it here a little bit, quite a bit. I didn't think that he would have. I don't think he would have led the ACC in steals. I figured that you know, like I said, if they had. Oh no, I wouldn't uh, have guessed. If they it. had a stat for knocking the ball out of someone's hands, then I think that he'd lead the nation. But um, I didn't know that he was leading the ACC in in steals. I mean, it's a, isn't that usually something a, a, a guard? Guard, yeah. Two point two. I mean, that's pretty good. I know. Probably has. It's really good. Probably has what. I mean, he, he pokes probably 10 away a game. That's what I'm saying. It's crazy. So 20%-ish. Here, let's so. go let's do these top fans. Oh, top fans. top fans. I'm going to use the top fans, plural. And I'm just going to kind of couple it all together because it's David DeLello and Michael DeLello, and I hope that they are related. Otherwise, I wouldn't have. One would think. But... David says Mintz was a team player tonight. The entire team did well. Now, he was a team player, and he had 29. Um, and uh, Michael says it's still possible to finish third in the ACC and 
keep not predicting scores. <laughs> Who said that? Michael Delello. That is a request per that's per uh, our boy Mr. Super Super Dave, and uh, since he said that, we've made it a point. I will point out this though that that Geo didn't give a score, but he did say Cuse by eleven, and he was damn close. Yeah, he was. He so. was. Well, I mean, hey, that's why he's got the job that he's got, right? And he does a damn good job of it because he's watched that team and he gave a damn good preview and very yeah. accurate. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was a couple times during that game where I was like, oh, well, okay. All right, Gio. I mean, I hadn't watched. I mean, like I said, man, it's been tough to, to get all these games, my eyeballs on all these games this year. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wish I had a Geo for every ACC team. You're not lying. <laughs> And he was he was more um, he was more confident that Syracuse was going to win this game than we were. I think you're right. I I I was a little worried. I mean, that's a team that worries me because you got the three point shooters on that team, and we've seen what Couture's done to us in the past. And I mean, the defense was just phenomenal. Other than about five minutes in the second half, it was great. Yeah, five yeah. minutes game time in the second half. It was great. And he's not going to be just a homer, you know. He's told us in the past that he thought that Virginia Tech was going to win a matchup, you know. So Yeah. Kudos kudos on him. Yeah, absolutely. Um let's get Nadal on. Nadal. Mute or forever hold yourself, buddy. Unmute. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, man? How's it going? Chilling, chilling. Just got back from Houston. Joined Sunny Rochester. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Love- Is it really sunny there? It was. It was like sixty degrees today. Yeah, I know. It's been warm there. It was like um, it was beautiful here today too. But it, but yesterday, I think Syracuse was warmer than Virginia Beach because I had about five or six people text me that it was. Um, so yeah, but, but I not got all the time. That it was going to be like sixty, and then it was going to be some type of snowstorm overnight or something. Well, s- snow doesn't usually happen in the sixties. No, I, under, I understand that, Sean. Oh, my Lord. I love you, Joe. Uh, Nadal. Yeah, so I, going, I was looking into this uh, this whole net system. All right. I'd like to say I'm pretty decent at analyzing data. And, you know, I went back into their website. And so apparently they designed the net system based on the 2017-2018 season, and then they used like a machine learning model to use the data to predict the outcome of games. So I don't know if a lot of people on here know what machine learning is. Basically, you give an artificial intelligence access to a bunch of data, and you ask it to spit out a result based on that data. So sometimes you know, we've used it in imaging where you can, you know, give a computer a picture and ask it, can you detect cancer in this picture? And it'll develop its own algorithm to try to determine if it can or not. So they do the same thing, except with um, basketball statistics. And it looks like they you know, based it on two different things. One is team value index, which is rewarding teams for beating quality opponents, and then a net adjusted efficiency rating. And I think that's where Syracuse is lacking the most. Um, looks like net efficiency is net points per 100 possessions. So that means, mm. you know, per 100 possessions, how, what is the difference between how much you score and how much, um, you, 
how much people score on you. And that's the number one thing that Syracuse is lacking. I think they're, I had all this data up. They're actually 100, they're in the 160s for um, score and margin. So that means that they've scored just as much as they've been scored on. Total points, 2,220, and then they've been scored, they've, been scored on 2,171. So their scoring margin is only one, putting them 185, sorry, 185 rank. So considering that's one of the two things that's used to determine the net ranking, <laughs> this is like, this is what's screwing us over here. I did some of my own math, and it looks like, you know, our in our 10 losses, we've been scored on with a net differential of 188, so 188 more points than we scored. Um, divide that by 10, so that's negative 18 points per per loss. And then we've only won games on mm. an average by 10 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we squeaked out a couple, a couple of them against bad teams at that. Yeah, so... Yeah. In the I beginning, mean, all, we got killed by every team we played, or lost to, let's say. Yeah. Well, I would like to first, before, before uh, I forget, I might as well just say it now, to thank you to Nadal for doing the research that we refused to do and just decided to bitch about it <laughs> instead. Um, if we did as much research as we did bitching, we, we might have figured something out, but I promise I you, I wouldn't have came up with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wouldn't have came <laughs> up with that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Well, that's 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 good. That's that's good. I mean, that explains a little bit, but I mean, um, I mean, it's very similar to how I remember it when it was explained when it before it was actually implemented when it came out, whatever year that right. was. Um, which is, I guess, I guess Nadal. What I'm think I'm trying to say is, is that sounds legit. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, no one really knows. Exactly. Is that really what it is? Well, that's the thing with machine learning. The computer is just is saying so if if it, it uses different games to predict results. So let's say Houston is playing UConn in a game. So it would manipulate the, the computer would manipulate the data in order to accurately predict using the data that Houston actually beat UConn. That's just an example. I don't know if that game has ever happened. So mm. multiply this by however many games have been played since 2017, 2018, where they've been adjusting their numbers. We don't know how much weight they give any specific variable. And I don't think that's going to be something that can really be, you know, it's probably a weird number, like 3.78 for this, 2.76 for this. And that's just based on the machine learning aspect of it. And I mean... Extrapolating that out, like there's this college called McNeese, and they're actually number one in score and margin. McNeese College. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this place. What, McNeese State? I don't know. McNeese College. But anyway, they're number one in scoring margin. And if you look at their net, their net is 55. They haven't played a single quad one game. They're quad twos, they're three and two. Their quad threes, they're three now, and quad fours, they're fifteen and one. So playing zero quad one games, their net score is one, based purely, I think, on their scoring margin, which is where we're the most deficit, de- uh, deficient in. And it's those games where we lost like by thirty by UNC, and because UNC is a good team, you figure that gets more weight. 
Yeah, see, that's shady. I mean, you paid, played 16 quad four games and you're yeah. 55 in the net? It's because they only, that's because they're 21 and 20. And, but so no, no quad losses. one games, zero. 10 and 0 at home mm-hmm. against garbage. Yeah. And again, again, you could read, like, that's, that's great, like, information. And you go in and you actually figure out, like, what, like, why something is the way that it is. But at the same time, that also tells me that this is, shouldn't be the only metric that they go off of. And, it, and they should probably, um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's skewed data because that still doesn't put in, there's so many different things that go into how good a team is. And um, I just don't think that, that this is 100% like the best one. I mean, I, like I said before, I think if you look at quad ones, you look at quad fours, I think that you could do something like that. I think that based upon this, you could get an okay kind of grasp of how many quality games a team played versus how many trash teams a team played. But um, this can't just be the only thing. I mean, there, there's got to be other things too. I think maybe since this net came out, we've just talked about it like it's weighted so much. But there's got to be something that goes to that because I'm not hearing anything really about strength of schedule. And there's some people out there that say there is you know, no there oh, there is, I, obviously Joe there is no strength of schedule factor into this. That's that was the point and, we were making earlier. And, and my whole thing too with this is like. I mean, there's some people that come from a point of a wins and wins and a loss is a loss. Doesn't really ma- it shouldn't matter how much you win or lose by, you know. Um, I mean, it's still only it's a win or a loss. Well, that's in one, the damn column. Yeah, I mean, that, that you know that is going to destroy our old saying of uh, I'd rather have a, a ugly loss than a pretty win, right? Or wait, what the hell is it? Did I just say? I don't know. I said it backwards, didn't I? But um, <laughs> rather have an, uh, an ugly win than a pretty loss. But, um, you know, now when we win against Louisville by two at home, that that's actually not great. Well, and this also explains the Big 12 phenomenon, too, because now you're playing eight, nine quad fours. So now what are you doing? You're setting yourself up to play eight or nine, ten non-conference games where you're beating these teams by 30, 40 points. <clears throat> right. Now we, and they're not yeah. losing, and now they're killing teams, and they're going, and it doesn't matter what team it is, according to this, right? Yeah. If you win and you kick their ass, you're moving up. Yeah, you're going to move up. Yeah. McNeese didn't move anywhere after their last game, but who knows? Maybe they lost. <laughs> they probably lost by one. <laughs> probably. <laughs> you know, who knows? Um, all right, Nadal. We appreciate you, brother. Thanks for doing no that. Problem. I was Thanks waiting no for you. I was. Go- I was not going to promise the orange, uh, the Hughes Militia faithful listeners, but he-, he did tip me off that he was going to try to get on and and do that for us tonight. So I appreciate it, buddy. No problem. Thanks, guys. All right. Yep. Take care, man. Thanks, bud. Uh, yeah. Good. Good stuff. Right there. Now. Yeah. Um, that explains a lot, though, right? Yeah. Makes a lot of sense as to why the numbers are what they look when you go into the net. It does, and then maybe you know when you do, when you are a McNeese, okay, and you do lose a, a a game by one or three, it's not going to move you that hard. No, because, I mean, and be, let's not get it twisted. They're not in. They're I understand. In the South, they're well, in the Southland Conference. I understand. The, the games they're playing are quad four, which is why they have so many. And honestly, they're not making the tournament unless they win their conference anyway. I understand. I understand, but we're talking about the net. And in the net, they're 55. They're ahead of us. 
So, <laughs> so that means they're they can beat us. <laughs> yeah, right. And so can Saint. Well, I mean, maybe they can. Maybe the Saint Mary's team can. Saint Mary's is actually all right. Of California. Yeah. Okay. They're the Saint Mary's that's in Gonzaga's league. They made the tournament. They they make tournaments. They made pretty good here recently. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. That wasn't where what's his homeboy was, right? That Judas slapped, was it? No. No, that was St. Peter's. That was St. Peter's. That was something completely different. And where'd he transfer to? He transferred to somewhere. Who? That was it. That dude, man. I forget his name now. These guys are forgettable. It was, yeah. Well, he smacked him when he was at Bryant. Oh, Bryant. Well, there you go. I answered my question. Um, Okay. Let's do See? let's do another one here. Level up Luke. Explain everything to you. Oh, level up Luke can speak now, but he I don't know what happened. Um, maybe he forewent. Maybe we took too long for Luke. Um, okay, Joe. Oh, I don't I, know. I don't what you don't know what I'm having a I'm having a problem connecting to what? No, oh, there we go. To Facebook because I cannot get on Facebook. Oh, hold on. Here we go. Here we go. He's back. He's yeah, back. something happened with the Twitter. Luke, unmute. Forever hold yourself. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, boys? What's going uh, on, buddy? Yeah. Hey, bud, how you doing? <laughs> no, I saw you had Nadal on here, and uh, I was going to chime in about the whole... He was talking about machine learning, and I didn't realize that was part of this net ranking. I've, uh, hold hold on, Luke. We, I, hold on, Luke. I'm just got to say this. I am so thankful. I, we're so blessed. Thank God for all the nerds. That we have that listen to us faithfully. We appreciate you because I don't even know what machine learning is still. And he already explained it to me. So I have no idea. Yeah, man. Uh, it's the robots. That's that's AI. Um, so what we call AI is is divided up into uh, machine learning, predictive learning, and, you know, some other categories. And so where okay. you see, like, the AI art, that's predictive. Uh, it uses, like, a machine learning model and then predicts other outcomes um and Nadal knows more about this than me but i see he's an oncologist and and he was talking about how machine learning can like it'll learn the shapes of what cancer cells look like and then you'll feed it a batch of healthy cells and cancer cells and we'll pick out the cancer cells from that image so basically what they're doing is they're telling uh the algorithm hey this is what a good basketball team looks it looks like and then they feed it images of all of the basketball, all 400 whatever basketball teams, and it says, all right, which ones are good based on this <clears throat> information set? And that, that sucks, dude, because uh, I'm looking at these teams that are ahead of us, and these are garbage teams that we would blow out of the gym by 50 points if we played them. But because they don't play anybody, like you guys said, um, they're, they're ranking them 50 and 60 in the net with, uh, you know, 18 quad four games. That, that's pretty ridiculous. But that's the problem with AI. Yeah. Right. That, that's why people are pretty pissed off that, you know, some of these Hollywood companies are using AI to write TV scripts. And then you watch the show and it doesn't make any sense. You know, this, this Madam Web movie that came out, it's like the script was likely written partially by AI oh. because it was during the writer's strike. And it just bombed at the box office. And people are saying the movie made no sense. Well, so. make, that makes sense. And, that, and that's some, so, you know, there's. There's got to be a human element, right? Like, there's got to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. That's a great point. There's got to be some common sense. There, exactly. And in, in, in how this was kind of explained to us was is that there is some common sense. If you can manipulate it 
by tweaking your schedule in a certain way and being able to, you know, vindictively, honestly, just go ahead. Well, I mean, I don't want to say that. Not not vindictively, but to be able to to schedule these cush teams to blow them out and um, set yourself up for success later on, um, then it's it, then the the process isn't and procedures aren't working. It's not working. And if they're not going to base a lot of what they decide who gets in and who doesn't off of this, then what is the point anyway? Like, like Joe mentioned, McNeese, right? I mean, they're 55th in the net. Like, according to this, like, it sounds like they should be in. What good is this thing if it can be manipulated to the point where you have a McNeese at 55 and you have a Syracuse at 82? Don't worry, because right behind McNeese is San Francisco. So <laughs> I'm just it's, – it's one of those things where, like – Again, there's got to be a human element. I am, you know, I have. I totally agree, at, Luke. At it's work a great about point. this, right? But like, their technology is great, but you got to vet it out and you got to make sure that it works before you just throw it in there. Otherwise, there's going to be messes. I mean, how lazy are we? AI doesn't hey, have eyeballs. Me, yeah, let me throw this out here too, though, because I mean, credit where it's due. Uh, he was he was always kind of talking about this. We shouldn't be losing multiple games by forty either. Oh, well. I mean, yeah. But 36. Does a, does a good team, does a NCAA tournament team lose games by 40? I, I don't know, man. I don't no, know. No, but we but, came around, We came back, though, Luke, and we just to play devil's advocate yeah. here, we came back and beat that team. Yeah, I, hey, that's, that's absolutely right. And uh, the committee, you know, the human element would look at this and say that's a storyline. This is a, a young team that's developed and gotten better. True. Uh, maybe we got a negative influence out of the locker room. Who knows? Um, but the team seems more cohesive. This does not look like the same team that we were watching two months ago. I mean, that's yeah, a, but that's humans make those type of decisions. There's right. That's what he's saying, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. But but they're, they're in in to your point, and I agree. But to that point, there is also a fine line that needs to be walked between some kind of algorithm or formula or whatever we're talking about here and human element because human element is corrupt. It's more corrupt than a computer model. So, yeah, but a computer model is also, I mean, yeah, doesn't know it reality. Runs, but, it's just your input, but at the end of the you day, input it, junk but, and you get junk out like yes. McNeese. Yes. But junk in, get junk out. Right. Right. So, um, there does have to be a, uh, a human element to it, but that human element can be manipulated just as bad as McNeese getting put into whatever program gets put into to be spit out 55th in the net. Yeah. Well, so you guys know, you know I'm an Alabama fan, so that's that's how I know what neck is because they uh, played oh, that. We're going to do know, this again. played against us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, know, I know you boomers don't watch a lot of college football. I'm not a boomer, bro. I'm Gen X. <laughs> But no, it's, it's, it's cool, dude. Um, but I, I watch Alabama basketball too. And I'm watching those games and they're like, all right, Alabama's a top 15 team. They're a lock for the tournament. And I'm looking at Syracuse has the same record or pretty similar, like within a few games. Um, it's just kind of crazy that I'm watching their broadcast and they're talking, oh, hey, Syracuse is looking really good. They just had these quality wins. They should be a tournament team. And then we look at the net rankings. 
It's, it's crazy. Like commentators are talking about this on other broadcasts in other leagues. That's but crazy. He's doing well right now. Well, the, go so. go go back to the Twitter feed. I, I mentioned it before. Um, everybody was hopping in the spaces, but um, there's a tweet by uh, the the uh, X Spaces captain, Captain Dave, where he points out, you know, about um, who the hell was it? Dave was it Villanova? Let's see. Um, that beat Georgetown and moved up three. And Georgetown is, um, yeah, Villanova moves up four spots from 38 to 40, 34th after beating 205 Georgetown. And we move up three spots from 85th to 82nd after beating 60th Virginia Tech. So um, that's, I think we that, just, that's there's got to be a, a bigger conversation of what actually goes into it, though. Because you know what? I mean, I can see a, a world where the net rankings can help. Like I said, I, I think that they could help kind of identify, you know, just it, strength one, of schedule, one thing. wins, things like that, right? Yeah. I mean, do they still use RPI? I'm sure they do. Isn't that really mostly and what strength the strength of schedule, of schedule yeah, is? But then my so, whole thing is, is then why do we talk so much about net? I, it's been, because we're forced to because it's all they, that's what people are using. Not saying, but that's but, I, but that's my big question. I'm talking about us. I know why we talk about it. Um, I'm saying why does everyone else talk about it? Like it's the because it's biggest the, metric. Because it seems to be. I mean, if because if they were talking about strength of schedule or RPI being like well, a, Scott a, Van a big Pal- metrics, Scott- that they would be talking about Syracuse being a bubble team. You're right. I mean, I still think that Syracuse is a legit bubble team right now. I think so too, and my eyeballs tell me that. But Ken Palm in the net, these machine-based right. rankings, right? Well, let, let me ask you guys. So let's say we win out, we get another win you know, out, two, three Windsor. Well, I mean, who we got? Um, Clemson and Louisville. This is the biggest. Well, if we we got Louisville and Clemson ahead of us, if you're talking yeah. win out, and then ACC tournament, who? We'd be looking to play in the first round. Right now, we'd be looking to play Virginia or Virginia UVA. No, we'd be looking at playing. I Are think sure the winner of the winner of Boston College, and I mean, we got to play a winner. I think it was the winner of Boston College, Georgia Tech. I think right now. Oh, that's right. We did one by right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. I mean, hey, I would I would also love to play Virginia again. I think that would be hopefully yeah. uh, you know more entertaining game. We we talked about that a little bit, yeah. Um, I think that yeah. Syracuse would do a whole lot better against Virginia now than they did, and I don't think that's a like I'm not going out on a limb when I say that. But an 84 to 62 loss at Virginia in that December in December after LSU, I mean yeah. it's not even comparable to where we are. Then now. yeah, you can argue that our team's uh, grown more and gotten. I mean. We've grown more than Virginia has. Virginia's still a good team, but I don't think that they've really, they're really that. I don't much know if they've improved that much. The, right, that's what I mean. Yeah. I don't think well, they've improved we, as much as we have. So we went over that. Um, Luke, thank you for your input, buddy. I appreciate it. Don't be a stranger. All right. Thanks, Luke. Appreciate it, Wes. Yeah, buddy. Um, so okay, Joe. Well, quickly, quickly, quickly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Give us, give us, give us the Louisville. We're not going to pick the winner, or loser, or predict a score because I'm not a superstitious guy. But David's got me feeling some kind of way, so I ain't doing it. And then who else? Michael's got me feeling some kind of way, so I'm not. Yeah. Doing it. Um, but 
the all-time series is 13 and or excuse me 19 and 13 uh, in favor of Syracuse last year uh, win we're on a three-game win streak actually right now um, in the last game 77 to 65 Mint Starling Brown Bell Taylor your starting five Bell with 30 points in that game um, Joe what what is going to be the difference do you think you know from this contest and the last contest, which was, you know, a, a, a two-point win at home in the 90s, by the way, 94 to 92, um, right before the loss at Clemson. So since we played Louisville, we've only lost to Clemson and Georgia Tech. I mean, I'm not happy about the Georgia Tech one, but the Clemson one was at least competitive for a little bit. So, um, you know, as far as Louisville goes, too, I mean, they're not exactly lighting it up since they played Syracuse. So um, they beat Georgia Tech, ironically enough. But they yeah. they are like, they've won two games, Georgia Tech. They beat Georgia Tech and they beat Florida State. And you have and Florida State was in uh, February. You have to go all the way back to January 10th, their last win against Miami. So, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> not a good team. And they play Duke tonight, like you mentioned, at 7 o'clock. Yeah, they play Duke tonight. So um, this one's going to be tough. I think, realistically, the first game, it was the uh, first game without Benny Williams. So there was a lot of, you know, I think emotions, mixed feelings, things going on. Um, And, you know, we went to the line 33 times. Um, We scored 94 points. Only had 10 turnovers. Uh, So we had 20 assists. So we eventually, you know, we played a pretty good game, 10 to 22 from the three-point line. I guess my whole thing is it's defense and rebounding. I mean, they out-rebounded us 40 to 21 the first time, and they had 14 offensive rebounds. Um, you know, Huntley Hatfield killed it. And uh, I, I got one from David after this. Don't Okay, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but, again, realistically, my thing is, is if you're a tournament team, if you've gotten over injuries and players being dismissed – and and you're getting better as a team, which we've seen, then you go in and you play defense and you just win this game. I don't think Louisville really plays that good a defense. Like I said, we scored 94 points the first time. So uh, you got to get a little bit better there with the rebounding um, and you got to get um, better with the defense. It's really, really it. I, I, everything else that we did the first time we played them, even with Benny leaving and the, or being dismissed and the emotions and everything, um, and we've seen us grow from that as well. So uh, I'm not going to come out and just guarantee a win because nothing is guaranteed. But, um, you know, if you want to be a tournament team and you have any type of pride whatsoever, um, you're going to look back at this first game and you're going to go on the road and you're going to show them how much you've improved uh, since then. Yeah, I think that's a good point about about Benny. And, um, you know, I think – this team is better than they were even then. And um, I think Syracuse has more to play for, obviously. And that's not, that's not to look past what Louisville can do. But because it's a home game, it makes me nervous. And because Syracuse has been playing down a competition all year, that also makes me nervous. Um, real quick, just a couple things here. We're not going to pick. But I, I do have some stats for you um, per our boy. What is going on? You know, I, sometimes I don't like how this works. Where the hell is it? 
Hold on. I've got to find this now. Is it Nadal? No. No. Um, It's it, David. It says, wow, Nadal with the analysis. How about the Cuse Militia Net? I like that, right? With Nadal. Definitely. We got that guy, and we got Luke. We got two of the smartest guys <laughs> on Twitter listening to this show. What's that What's that tell you, Joe? What's that tell you? Um, you guys have picked 10 games. Both guys are 8-2, and two, picking the winner. Based on score predictions and margin of victory, Sean is off by 11.4 points per game. Joe is off by 11.3 points per game. It's a nail-biter coming down the stretch. <laughs> so we're gonna have to pick something at some point, bro. We're gonna someone's gonna have to separate themselves uh, if we're if we're talking tenths of a point here. So get ready for that. Um, and I will say, Cuse uh, Waterboy given Nadal's prop or given um, Lucas props. And in it's the Cuse militia does soccer with Joe and Luke. That's. That's it. That's the podcast. You gotta no. You gotta be on that. You obviously. What do you? you have to I'll learn. produce it, but I mean, I'll listen and learn, bro. You're the one that's got a daughter in soccer. You need to learn the rules so you can start enjoying. Exactly what I just said. I'll I'll produce the show. I'll listen and learn. I'll have y'all have at it, and and I'll just soak it in, dude. Just you guys be a knowledge of wealth for me, and we'll just expand our horizons. And maybe we can even get Ian McIntyre on. Who knows? Sky's the limit. With that, I don't know, I don't know anybody doing soccer. a soccer podcast. You do. Don't lie. I think there's a reason why. <laughs> why well, no one's doing a soccer dick. podcast? I'm not, I'm not trying to be a dick here. I'm just saying. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there's plenty in England. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I don't see any college soccer podcast? You're breaking Luke's heart right now. I'm not doing it on purpose, and he knows this. Well, besides, he did call us boomers. So I he mean, did too. That's right. That's right. He did. Um, and you are like ten years older than me. So I'm four years older than you, Joe. First of all. Second of all, Allegedly. I'm Gen X, and I'm proud to be Gen X because Gen X was the, the, Gen X was the generation, guys. I don't even know what I am. You're Whenever Gen I look X, it bro. Up, it's, I'm like right in the middle where there is nothing. I'm pretty sure you're Gen X. You might not be. Actually, I don't know. It's weird. It, well, you'd be Gen Y. Which is dumb. That's so stupid. Sad. That's I've never so even stupid. heard of that. I'm not. Well, it does the alphabet, bro. It does the alphabet. You don't get to choose. <laughs> what do you, you mean? Don't I don't get, get to, choose. to choose. Yes, I do. I'm a free person. Oh, boy. Do you identify as Gen X? And you can do that. That's fine. No. Um. Oh boy, this dude's got more stats. He's spitting them out like like <laughs> like he's like he's a, an AI machine. Uh, David, Syracuse orange point total, Joe off by 9.5 points per game, Sean off by 8.3 points per game, Syracuse opponents point total, Joe off by 10.4 points per game, and Sean off by 11.9 points per game. I think that just proves you're a bigger homer than me. I'll take it. I'll take it. How about that? Um, I mean, that's fine. All right. Look, we love you all. Thank you so much for listening to this uh, mediocre show. Or some people just can't stand the show, by the way. I did get a a message, Joe. I sent a screenshot. No, did you? you. Yeah, I did. I sent it to you. Um, And I just, my simple response would be, well, don't, why do you listen? I don't think you If you don't like it, don't listen. (laughs) 
no one this is the first time I'm hearing this. No one cares. I sent it to you. Go back through your... Th- again, Joe doesn't know how to text, nor respond to texts, nor understand texts that are sent. Look, time out. First off, I don't live on my phone, so that's part of it, okay? I refuse. I refuse. That's fine, bro. That's not what I'm talking about. I'd rather have conversations, face-to-face or... I hate uh, look I'm on the speech. phone I'm on the phone for hours I'm on the phone so much I'm scared of putting it against my head all day so I talk on speaker constantly which has become yeah. the norm yeah. and and so when you call me and I'm on my dude how many times you call me I'm like dude I'm on a work call yeah. all the time right okay yeah. I'm not bullshitting you all right no just I'm fine you know. with that okay. if, you just, if you can't answer you can't answer at least you actually like text while I'm calling to let me know like the you know you don't just completely just let it go. Um, you acknowledge the fact. I that do I acknowledge it say, because hey, you know, that's what I do all day at well, work anyway. That's a respectful thing to do. It is. Right. But you send Joe a text and he's got. Um, you might never not mind. Get another text it, for it's a couple not days. that this is not you the time. Not. For, it's not the time for this conversation. One day we'll talk about Joe and his texting habits, which are terrible. Um, but t- today's not the time, Joe. How and we all love you. Dude. A rotary phone. Lord. All right, everybody. I love you guys. If you're still there, more power to you. I mean, I know it can be agonizing sometimes. We appreciate you. We will see you back here on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Appreciate you. That should have been playing while I was saying yeah, that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I forgot That's to hit right. that. I forgot to hit that one button. Timing. But is I know timing is impeccable. You're right. <laughs> Look, I got nothing. I deserve nothing. all of that. So. But I will say this. Go 21 to 10. We'll be talking about it. For Joe, Sean, we're out. Peace.